Hey guys, welcome to episode 39 of the Food Biz Whiz podcast. How are you hanging in there? So whether it's your first time listening to this podcast or you've been around since the very beginning, it's great to have you here. I have been finding so much pleasure out of creating routines during these past few weeks of sheltering in place here in San Francisco. And one of the key things that I have loved working on is these podcast episodes. It allows me to feel connected to you guys despite the distance. So wherever you're tuning in from, hello, here I am recording from my closet in San Francisco, giving you a great big high five from afar. We've got this. So today, today we are talking about working from home. I have been working from home for the past six years, and now that so many of you are forced into that situation as well, I wanted to share a few of my best practices for staying focused, for finding motivation, and for getting stuff done. Keep on listening if you are struggling to find your rhythm in this new reality. You're listening to Food Biz Whiz the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Allie Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real-life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going. You're hearing it here First, the Food Biz Whiz quarterly planner is now available. This physical planner helps busy food business owners set and achieve their goals week in and week out. Based off my decade of helping food businesses succeed and seeing food businesses struggle to get it all done in a day, this planner is specific to our unique industry and the annual calendar that has us all thinking about fourth quarter holidays in July. Find the planner at foodbizwiz.com slash planner or linked in today's show notes. I can't wait for you to get your hands on it. Working from home. It sounds ideal until you're forced into it, right? I mean, I know that most of us have shifted from working from home practically overnight. And I'm going to be honest, It is tough to flip a switch and become an expert at it, especially when you've got so many other things on your mind these days. In today's episode, I'm going to share how I structure my own time and mindset as I work from home, knowing that it's going to give you some practical advice that you can implement this week to find a bit more peace as you transition into this new reality. And I'll say this. If you are listening to this episode in the future, once we've moved beyond shelter in place, first off, congrats, we made it. (laughs) And I'm going to bet these practices are still relevant to you as a business owner, so keep on listening. Let me set the stage for you. What you might know is that I have been working from home since May of 2014 when I left my role as head of grocery at Byright Market here in San Francisco to start my own consulting business. That's going to be six years next month. That's wild. So what you might not know is that my husband, Ian, has also been working from home since May 2014 when he also left his role at Byright Market to start into independent wine sales. So yep, we left Byright Market on the very same day to start into our next careers, but that's a whole other story. 
The two of us have been working from our 700-square-foot, one-bedroom apartment in the Mission District in San Francisco for six years. We don't have an office, we don't have a dining room, and we don't have a backyard. It's just the two of us, plus our dog, divided between a bedroom, a kitchen, a living room, and a bathroom. That's it. And we're still married. (laughs) Why is this relevant? Well, I say that because, truthfully, it's a less than ideal situation. I'm always doing video work, and Ian, until recently, spent a lot of his day on sales calls. And I guess now's the time to say that he is very loud on the phone. So if you have been on video conferences or phone calls with me, it's possible that you have heard my dog in the background or the sound of Ian pulling a cork out of a bottle of wine at 9 a.m. on a Tuesday as he prepares for a tasting. I do my podcast recordings in a closet. I spend a lot of time wearing noise-canceling headphones. I have made this less-than-ideal situation work for the past six years, and I know that that's exactly what many of you are trying to do right now as well. Before I share my best practices, I do owe you guys a disclaimer, and it's this. I don't have kids who I'm attempting to homeschool or distract or take care of right now. That is a huge factor to take into consideration, and I don't want to breeze past it, knowing that so many of you are balancing your business, attempting to work from home for the first time, and have taken on this new role of educator or child care provider 24-7. That is real, and that's something that I personally am not going through. That being said, I will share a few things that my colleagues with kids have done and a few of the tips that I've put in place with sharing a space with Ian certainly feels a bit relevant and can be adapted to almost anyone that you're sharing a space with, regardless of their age. So let's get into it. Here is what we are going to cover today. We're going to talk about the importance of mimicking a workday, plus how to stop working at the end of the day. I'm then going to talk through a mindset shift that you have to make when you work from home, and I'm going to give you my number one tip for productivity while working from home. Starting from the top, we are going to discuss the importance of mimicking a workday. Now, I know what's been going on for the past few weeks. Your shower routine has likely diminished. Your yoga pants are getting more regular wear. You probably haven't brushed your hair every day, and you potentially have forgotten to brush your teeth a few of these mornings as well. You guys, now is the time to shift the hat and get back to your routine. When I set up my work-from-home routine six years ago, I did a lot of research on how to be successful as I transitioned out of a normal workplace. I mean, if you call a grocery store a normal workplace. And the thing that I read over and over again is the importance of mimicking a workday routine. And that includes putting on real clothes, doing my hair, putting on some makeup, and showing up just as you would in the real workplace. There is something that magically happens, a mental shift, when you change out of your PJs and into your workwear. So now I'm not saying that you need to put on a suit and tie to work from your living room, but for me, the bare minimum is to put on real pants and a real shirt. I always ask myself, 
would I want a client to see me right now? And if the answer is yes, I have achieved my goal. Now, the workday routine starts with getting dressed, but it goes a lot deeper than that. I want you to think about all the things that you do to mentally and physically set up for a typical workday and try to incorporate that as much as possible into your work from home routine. I'm going to ask you a few questions in order to figure out what your routine might look like here and how to best incorporate it. I want you to answer these questions about your work life pre-COVID, okay? So here we go. First, what did your morning look like? What did you do before you went to work? Did you have coffee with your family or eat breakfast or shower most mornings? Jot that down. Perhaps even put some timestamps next to it, like 6.30 a.m., wake up, 7 a.m., eat breakfast, right? So then I want you to answer, how do you get to work? Do you drive? Do you walk? Do you bike? Do you take public transportation? How long does it take you? What do you do during that commute time? Do you listen to music or a podcast or read a book? Or maybe you call a friend. Then what do you do in your workday before lunch? Are you typically in meetings with people or are you at a computer or are you on the phone or are you managing a team? What are you doing in that before lunchtime at your workday? And then, of course, what do you do for lunch? What do you eat? When do you eat? Where do you eat? And then same goes on after lunch. What do you do in your workday after lunch? Are you managing people? Are you checking in with vendors? Are you sending sales emails? What are you doing? And then finally, how do you typically wrap up your standard (laughs) pre-COVID workday? What are the tasks that you always ensure that you check off before you clock out? And then how do you get home? Again, what is your commute like and what do you do during it? Why am I asking these questions? Well, again, the key here is to keep your workday feeling like a normal workday. Of course, there will be restrictions and things that you change as you work from home and shift your responsibilities in response to this pandemic. But the key is taking time to outline a standard workday. And the key is understanding that you are going to start to incorporate routine into your work from home practice. How does this play out? Let's use an example. Say pre-COVID that you woke up at 6.30 and had coffee by yourself and spent five minutes journaling or meditating or, I don't know, unloading the dishwasher. That's what I do. So remind yourself of whatever that morning routine was before you said hello to your partner, before you ate breakfast, before you drove 20 minutes to work listening to a podcast. I have found it so important to replicate that when working from home. The wake-up time, the solo coffee moment, the journaling, all of that stays the same. The commute? Well, I'd ask you to think creatively about how you can mimic your commute here. Can you safely walk around the block listening to that favorite podcast? Can you drive around the neighborhood for 10 minutes just to replicate your typical commute? I know that sounds silly. I know this. But give it a try. It works. I actually use my dog as the way to replicate my commute. I walk him around the block in the morning before I sit down and do work. And that 
gears up my brain for my workday. So by replicating the routines and giving our brain these small signals that the workday is starting, we are able to focus more and get in the zone. I can tell you myself, like on the days that I wake up, that I roll over in bed, I grab my phone and I start checking my email, literally still in bed, only to head straight into coffee drinking and eating breakfast from my desk are the days that I feel scattered, fatigued, and over it by 10 a.m. So replicate that morning ritual. Now, before we get too far into your workday, I want to share something that is crucial, especially if you're sharing a space with family members or roommates. It is sharing your plan for the day with your team. Just as I advise that managers and leaders should check in with their employees, their teams, each day, I advise that you continue that practice as you work from home. Only now, your team is those who are sharing your living space. Ian and I do this every day. We talk about who might have a video call at what time, when I need silence as I record a podcast, what time we might eat lunch, who's going to walk the dog in the morning versus the evening, and on and on and on. I could see this being especially important if you are managing kids right now and splitting the duties with someone else. Getting on the same page about energy levels, time commitments, and daily priorities would be key, and it doesn't have to take more than three minutes to have a check-in in the morning. From there, again, what do you do before lunch, and how can you mimic that at home? Of course, those in-person meetings might be done over Zoom now or on the phone, but keeping your typical routines and schedules help. Now it's time for lunch. If you didn't eat lunch at your desk in pre-COVID life, do not pick up that habit now. Change rooms, go in your backyard if you have one, sit with your kid at the kitchen table, anything that gives you a mental break from the work and gives you that midday pause is key here. And that same theory goes into the afternoon. Mimic that routine that you typically have in your normal workday and stick to it. Then, of course, we get to the end of the day, and that is where it gets tough. At least it gets tough for me. The most common struggle that I hear from folks who are new to working from home is that they don't know how to end their workday. That because they're now working from home, they can easily work into the evenings or just have that feeling that you're always on. I get it. I felt that way for a long time. If you guys have been listening to the podcast for a while or you're a devout user of the Food Biz Wiz Physical Planner, you know that my solution for stopping the workday is this. Incorporate an evening ritual and make sure that you are doing the practice of the key three. That is selecting three key things that you will accomplish each day and that's it. Then your evening ritual is a routine that you complete at the end of each workday to transition out of work. My evening routine is typically done starting at 4.30. I don't know why I'm calling it evening because it really is um, end of afternoon routine. And it includes checking in on my retail ready students, going through my Slack messages from the afternoon, responding to social media comments, and then getting through my emails. I follow that same routine every day in the same exact order, and I have it down to a science now. By completing these tasks, 
I send my brain a signal that the workday is winding down and it's time to move along and it's time to shut down my work tasks for the day. Once I do those tasks daily, I'm done. That's it. And it feels so good. As a side note, I did a whole podcast episode on the key three, which I will link in the show notes for you guys if you want to learn more about how to do that. Okay, so we're on the same page about the importance of mimicking your routine, and I know I'm going to get some pushback here, that you can't mimic the routine because everything is so different, (laughs) and now you're managing so many more things, and there are all the distractions of working from home and the distractions of your family and your pets. I get it, but before we go down the rabbit hole of all the things that we cannot control and all of the reasons why we can't make a routine right now, I'm going to ask you this, but what if you could? What can you control? You are a creative entrepreneur. I know that you can think outside of the box here. What can you replicate in your day-to-day that makes things feel just a bit more normal? As always, that's a mindset shift, and you have the power to do it. Before we talk about Another mindset shift, I do want to give a few other practical ways that you can mimic your routine. The first is to, as much as possible, have a dedicated place where you work. Now, I know that can be tough. And again, I say this from someone who doesn't have a home office, but the more that you can have a dedicated space where you do work, the more you'll be able to work comfortably and separate your work time from your home time. For me, that looks like a really small desk in the corner of my living room. I invested about $50 in getting a laptop stand, a portable keyboard, and a real mouse to make working from my laptop more comfortable. And it's some of the best money that I have spent in my business. Again, I'm happy to link all those items that I use and I love in my show notes here if you need some resources. We don't know how long we're going to be working from home, so I would highly recommend that you create an environment that feels comfortable to you. Now, that doesn't have to be investing in new office furniture or spending lots of money at all. It can be as simple as putting books under your feet to get the proper leg height or propping a cutting board on top of your toaster oven to create a standing desk or maybe lighting a candle to make your space smell nice before you sit down to work. I have been known to do all of those things myself, but it it also does mean assessing your space and making sure it's comfortable, whatever that means for you. The other thing that I try my very hardest to do to stick to is ensuring that I do work only at that proper desk in my living room. I don't do emails from the couch. I don't bring my laptop to the bed as I write a podcast episode. I don't have my work email or my team's Slack on my phone. This is crucial for me as my whole life is confined within these 700 square feet, especially now. So keeping the couch, the kitchen table, the bedroom, and the lounge chair as dedicated spaces where I don't work is key for me, both mentally and truthfully physically. It doesn't feel good on my back, my neck, my shoulders to work from the couch And I bet that you have realized this too. If you are fortunate enough to have a dedicated office, then that tip of separating your workspace and your life space will be pretty easy for you to follow. 
I'm actually going to share, let me share this story with you too. I have a mastermind partner in Boston who is now suddenly working from home more than ever. And she has two young boys, about four and six years old. So they have been a lot to handle despite her having a home office. And she told me how how often they just barge into her space, into her home office, interrupting her workday, right? They're kids. She shared one small thing that she did recently, which made all the difference. And I thought it was just brilliant. She went on Etsy and she got a sign made. Like, you know, the the kind of like old school dentist office plaque style sign that has her business name on it. And she hung it on the office door, the home office door. She said that that small sign made all the difference as it signaled to her boys that this was mom's workplace. And that when the door was closed with that physical sign on it, she was working and she shouldn't be interrupted. Now, I don't know if this works particularly well with like four to six-year-old boys, but she said that she was shocked at how effective it's been. So I'd ask you that. Like, what can you do to get creative and to signal to yourself and your family or your roommates that you are now in work mode? All right. So that is the importance of mimicking your workday to the best of your ability. From here, I want to talk about a mindset shift that is so, so important as we do think about replicating our standard workdays from home. But before I get into that, I'm going to drop in a sponsor and I'll be right back. If you're enjoying this episode, you're going to love my Food Biz Whiz quarterly planner. I made this planner specifically for the food industry, and it includes pages on setting annual and quarterly goals, planning for trade shows, organizing your category reviews, managing your buyer contacts, and much, much more. If you're ready to set and achieve your food business goals, click through to the planner linked in today's show notes. Okay, we're back and we are talking about a mindset shift that is really important as we think about working from home. So here it is. What has worked in the past isn't necessarily going to work now, and we've got to recognize that, accept it, and adjust. We could say that advice holds true in our business and our lives as a whole right now, but I'm specifically talking about the idea that your what your typical workday looked like three months ago might not work when you try to replicate it at home. Now, I did just spend a while telling you about the importance of mimicking your workday in your home right now. But what I want to be really clear is that I was emphasizing the importance of mimicking the feeling of your workday, getting ready for work, mimicking a commute, getting in the right headspace, and feeling physically comfortable when doing the work. I want to be clear that the biggest thing that you can do for yourself here is recognizing that your productivity will be different as you work from home and your energy levels will be different. That is okay. For example, let's say your typical workday used to include five meetings a day with your teammates or employees or vendors. Perhaps you used to have some of those meetings by phone or in person or bigger groups of multiple people, right? It would be ridiculous to think that you have the mental fortitude to have five meetings in a single day when you work from home. 
Now, maybe you are a super person who can be on Zoom all day long, but I'll share this from my personal experience of working from home. I max out at three meetings a day. My ideal number is one meeting a day, and I will say yes to two, but I really, really try to avoid a third one in there, and I always regret it if I push it to a fourth. Why is that? Well, pre-COVID, a five-meeting day would include walking to someone's desk or having a face-to-face meeting or sitting in a conference room with multiple people or driving to a new account for a check-in or, sure, yes, getting on the phone or a conference call, but spaced out with plenty of other actions and breaks and distractions. These breaks are key to resetting our brains, processing information, and staying sharp. When we work from home, we don't get that outside stimulation and those built-in breaks. Screen fatigue is real, and connecting online is different than a face-to-face meeting. If you have found yourself exhausted over the past few weeks, it's natural, and it's probably because you're expecting to have the same amount of productivity in each workday and the same energy level for your standard meetings and networking. So what do you do? you assess. You ask yourself what your max amount of connection is each day and how you can create a schedule that works for your own mental health. You try and you adjust some more. You are in a learning phase and you are developing a new skill of working from home. Of course, it is going to take some time to dial it in. The mindset shift here is that it's okay to feel differently than you feel in a typical workday. You've got so many X factors going on right now. Recognize that and be gentle with yourself. All right. So from here, I'm giving you my number one tip for productivity while working from home. So you are going to be set up for success. Here it is. Work on one task at a time. Do not multitask. Now, I know you're going to think that this doesn't apply to you or that you've got to multitask in order to get it all done. Heck, you might be multitasking right now, listening to this podcast while you send sales emails. I'm going to ask you to stop doing that and see how much more productive you are. Here's the problem. I think we have so many messages telling us that multitasking is good and that it's seen as a virtue. I think of it like that classic interview question, how good are you at multitasking? But I am here to tell you that multitasking kills your productivity. Focusing on one thing at a time is the key to getting stuff done and the key to working from home, especially if you have other distractions or should I say other priorities, that are asking for your time right now. Once you get good at this, you will be amazed at how productive you can be. For me, this plays out in a few different ways, and I'll give you some example scenarios. When I'm online, I try my very best to keep only one browser tab open at a time. If I'm supporting my retail-ready students in our Facebook group, that's the only tab I have open. If I'm writing a podcast episode, it's the only tab I have open. If I'm updating my website, the only tab I have open. Why? Why? Well, well, let me ask you this. How many times have you been working on something in one tab only to see that little number of unread emails increase and you can't help 
but tab over and check to see who emailed. Then you might, of course, open that email. You might debate if you need to reply back or not. You then mark it as unread, and then you attempt to go back and pick up where you left off in that other tab. That simple task of switching has interrupted your workflow, and it kills your productivity. So I want you to try that. Next time you catch yourself switching between tabs or picking up your phone and scrolling Instagram in the middle of writing a blog post or deciding to text back a friend when your iMessage pings you as you're sending a sales email, pause and refocus. But what happens if you simply can't focus on one thing at a time? We don't have that much practice at it, right? What happens if you can't focus at all? First, recognize what I just said. It takes practice. This is a skill that I've been working on for a long, long time, and I still catch myself making mistakes here. But secondly, here's how I got good at it. I'll tell you. I use the Pomodoro method or the tomato timer. I love using this when I can't focus or when I want to really crank through something. Basically, you set a timer for 25 minutes and you make yourself focus on one task at hand for those 25 minutes. At the end of the 25 minutes, you get a five minute break. You repeat this four times and then you get a half hour break. So at the end of two hours, you get a half hour break. This is perfect for me when I simply can't focus. I'll say to myself, Allie, like you've just got to work on this for 25 minutes. And sure enough, it snaps me back into work mode. I'm going to link that tomato timer in the show notes, but you can also just set any timer for 25 minutes and get to it. Okay, my whizzes. There you have it. That's it. My top tips for working from home based off my past six years of trying things, failing at things, and fine-tuning my systems. I'm curious, which tip was most helpful for you? What are you going to try first? What essential tips did I miss that have been helpful to you? I want to know. I'm always looking for more practices that I can put in place. I know that you've got time on your hands right now to give me a shout out on social media, to tag me in a post, and to let me know how this episode landed with you. I'm on Instagram at It's Ally Ball, or you can find me on Facebook at Allison Ball Consulting, and I'd love to hear from you. So from there, come continue the conversation in our Food Biz Whiz Facebook group. I'm in there every day connecting and supporting with food food entrepreneurs. I would love to see you join us. So find that group linked in the show notes or at foodbizwiz.com. So once again, before I sign off, thank you for listening today. Thank you for tagging me as you do and for spreading the word about the podcast. I love seeing my numbers grow weekly, and I have you guys to thank for that. I appreciate you and the relationships that we have. So thank you. I'll be back next week, and until then, stay busy. You're listening to Food Biz Whiz, the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Allie Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real-life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going.